Amen. How many of you guys ready for the Word of God tonight? How many of you are ready for the bread of life tonight? Amen. 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 You know what the beauty about what's coming, futuristic, is we get a chance to do this for the rest of eternity. Uninterrupted. No commercial breaks, no five-minute breaks, no running, seeing the number on the thing, got to go get your baby. Not that that's a problem, because, I mean, you got to go get your baby. I don't think the world truly comprehends what God has in store for those who love him. I think sometimes we Christians don't really comprehend that, because if we really, really, really understand what's coming. Everything in this life is pale in comparison to what is prepared before us. I think too often what happens, we lose sight of the heavenly perspective because we live here on earth. And every now and then I go glimpse in the back of the book and John the Revelation, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth For the first heaven and the first earth will be passed away, and behold, he will wipe away all tears. Anybody ever had to cry sometime over some things? Well, you might as well get it out of your system, because where are we going? There won't be no more crying. Get it out now. (laughs) Work on your tear ducts, because they're going to be dried up. But at the same time, I come back to earth, the reality of where I live, Because I have a lot of friends and relatives who don't know that. And so you have a lot of friends and relatives that don't know what you know. So we have some work to do. We have some work to do. Tonight, we, Father, we thank you and we honor you and we bless you. Lord, your word is always true. Help me to speak and say what your word is saying. Because there is authority in your word, not mine. And Lord, help me to be like a canyon so I can echo what you say. Only those things that are right and holy and pure and true. Minister life to your people. Life to the hearer. Lord, I ask that you will just influence my mouth. I submit to the work of the Holy Spirit tonight. Take us deeper. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, last week, let me just sort of quickly, Pastor Ben's not here. He'll be getting ready for his time uh, in the Word to to be ready to minister on Sunday. But I just wanted to just sort of touch a little bit on some things he talked about on last week, just give his quick points. Uh, He talked about seeing Jesus correctly. Now, you can leave that up. Why is it a necessity? He may have asked this question. I don't know. Why is there a necessity for us to see Jesus correctly? So let's just open this up. I don't The lights are good. Why is it a necessity for us to see Jesus correctly? I'm going to treat this like one big old classroom the way I do in my classroom. Y'all better hang on to your wigs because we do some crazy stuff in my classroom. Those who still have hair. Okay, all the way in the back. Why is it a necessity to see Jesus correctly? Hmm. So if, I want, if I'm going to be like him, I need to know what he's like and not other people's perspective of him. Good. Someone else. Huh? 
Okay, see Jesus correctly because I need to understand him. I need understanding. Good, good. And here's the thing you need to understand. Anything you understand, you stand under it. And it covers you. It's like an umbrella. Why would you hold an umbrella in your hand and you're getting drenched by water, by the rain? You know the purpose of an umbrella, so you open it up and you get under it. You know the purpose. Anything you understand as it relates to God, you stand under it because you know the purpose of what you believe in. Yes, Miss Diane. Say it again. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. She said, in order for me to correctly see Jesus, to understand him, unless I'm willing to understand him, I wouldn't. Yeah. Me is to understand him. Very good. Because we're in him. Very good. Very good. Someone else. Give me two or three more. Yes, ma'am. Why do, why do we need to see Jesus correctly? Right. The Great Commission. The Great Commission. And yes, Mr. Barry? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. So we can truly worship him. Yeah. And right here, I see a hand of our future first lady. During worship, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sorry, during worship, did you sneak over there and look at my nose? Are you sure? Oh, there is no sneak. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. One, last one here. Why do we need to see Jesus correctly? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even Philip says, uh, show us the Father. Jesus said, Philip, how long have I been with you? Don't you know when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? So he wasn't seeing Jesus correctly. He said, when you see me, you see the Father. You see, <laughs> I love this. You see, if I had a pitcher of water, And I had a glass, okay? And I would take that pitcher of water and pour it into the glass. And so now the glass and the pitcher becomes one because of the content. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything I do, I do it because the Father is in me, working in me, and I submit to him. You know, one other thing when we take a a look at why do we need to see Jesus correctly And I think uh, Estelle said it, 
there is a lot of misconception about Jesus, not only in the world, but also in, in, in the religious arena. Amen? I've heard some stuff about Jesus like, wait a minute, what book, what version are you reading? And so it's very important in the days to come when our culture begins to challenge the very essence of the truth that we know from the Bible. It's very important that we have to clearly know and understand and stand under the truth of who Jesus is. Because there are a lot of voices that have gone forth into the earth, but they're not always speaking truth. Jesus stood before Pilate, and, 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 and Jesus told him, I've come to testify to truth. And those who hear truth on the side of truth hear my voice. And Pilate had, had the personification of truth standing before him, committed the greatest atrocity in human history. He asked truth, what is truth, and never stayed long enough to get the answer. Wow. And walked away. I don't think he ever asked the question to arrive at the answer. I just think he was just being very sarcastic. Amen. Well, there were several things that Ben talked about, Pastor Ben talked about. Uh, Jesus is equal with God because if you look in the passage of Scripture, you're seeing now with, with an emphatic uh, uh, um, demonstration of the healing and pronunciation and demonstration of his words of declaring who he is to the religious leaders. Jesus is, he declares himself to be equal with God. Jesus performed the works of God. Jesus has the power to raise the dead. In this passage, these passages of Scripture, Jesus has the power to judge. And also he brought out Jesus as worthy of honor and worship. And when you look at the totality of what John is bringing out concerning Jesus, it is amazing how, how the religious leaders of that day and the religious leaders of this day is still struggling with the truth of who Jesus is. We would never ever believe that that our Bibles would ever be taken from us in this country. But if you're 50, 60 plus years, you can agree with me, there are things you are seeing you never thought you would see in this, co- in this country. Hold on, you had not seen anything yet. And so we've got to treat the Word of God as precious gold because we never know. David said, I will hide the Word of God where? That I might not what? See, it's not the word that you know. It is the word that you apply. A lot of people know it, but they don't apply it. So tonight we want to continue in that same line, seeing Jesus correctly, and continue with Jesus' statement of authority. Now I'm going to ask you another question. Why does the cultures of this world struggle with the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus? That's some powerful stuff here. Why does the culture of the world, cultures of this world, struggle with the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus. Anybody? All the way in the back. (laughs) That's power. Anyone else? Why does the culture and the world and cultures struggle with the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus? Yeah, those, those were people that were probably raised in Missouri. 
Anybody else? Okay, so I hear a voice, but I don't see a, a hand. Okay. They don't know Jesus and his voice. Why do people in culture struggle with the authority of Jesus and the name of Jesus? Ah, that's what I was waiting for. Because, you see, when you understand who Jesus is, Messiah, you come to the understanding that I need to be saved. And when you come to understand that Jesus has authority, that he's Lord, then that comes to the understanding, that brings the understanding that I need to submit to another authority besides myself. Because the essence of sin is this, doing things our own way and not God's way. That's what sin is. Telling God, I don't want to do it your way. And so in the passage here, let's just pick up um, from where he left off at. He left off at verse 24. Let's pick up at verse 25. It says this, and I assure you that the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, And those who listen will what? Will what? The Father has what? Life in himself. And he has granted that same life-giving power to whom? His Son. He has given him what? Authority to judge everyone because he is. He is. He is. Do you see the demonstrative statements being made here and how he's saying it? Don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience what? Eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience what? Judgment. Now, I've never owned a gun, but boy, I tell you, that's a loaded pistol right there. Jesus is making these declarations because if you follow him early in his ministry and follow what he did, there were times he healed people, but he didn't want anybody to know he healed them. One time he told the man, just go show yourself to the priest and don't tell anyone. But as we, he gets closer and closer to the time of his departure, his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus now comes out. And John brings this out because John actually portrays Christ to the Jewish people that he is the son of God, the son of man. I want you to understand that this is not an ordinary man that is standing before you. This is the creator of all life. The one who gives you life and breath. And John is recording word for word Jesus' declaration about who he is. Jesus is not skirting around the issue. He's not beating the bush. He's coming right down the pipe. I am the son of God. Ooh, in certain settings, man, that would really get you beat up <laughs> in certain places. So what's the first thing we need to establish here? Number one, Jesus is the giver of salvation. Jesus is the giver of salvation. Say it with me. Jesus is the giver of salvation. 
You and I both know all across this globe there that people are longing to be right before their God, but they, 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 they say all these prayers, they fall in the river, they throw rocks on the left side, rocks on the right side, jump through hoops, cut backflips. Do you know how tired that can make you? Jesus Christ alone is the only one that can bring about salvation. Jesus Christ alone. Jesus made the statement, no man comes to the Father but by me. And in this tolerant type environment in which we're living in America that don't set well with a lot of people. Anybody know that to be true? So we, we cannot move ourselves away from that truth when it comes to our salvation. For there is no other name. None. Look at John chapter 5, 20, verse 24 says this. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message. I tell you, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they will have already passed from death to life. He makes a statement. Here it is. But I tell you the truth. And one verse, it says, truly, truly. That is a double demonstrative. He says, I want you to understand because this is the truth that you should not forget. Those who listen to my message and not just listen to it, but those who also what? Now, let me stay right here. The word believe is just not a mental ascent. Or like that little, that little donkey on uh, Shrek, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, that's, that's, that, that's not, not, no. The word believe here is a trusting in and a relying on. How many of you guys came in tonight and before you sat down, you put your blessed assurance in that chair. You checked the chair to see if it would hold you. How many of you did that tonight? You did? <laughs> I said, man, you need to move down to the front. Estelle, why didn't you check the chair to see if it would hold you? Huh? What created that trust in that piece of object? Ah, oh, you had some time spent with that same chair. And it's hard for anybody to tell you after time spent with that same chair that that chair held you before and there's no reason why that chair should not hold you again. Anytime you spend time with Jesus and you've been with him for a number of years, you realize I don't care what the world will throw at me, what circumstances will come in the seasons of my life, but because I have spent intimate time with him, I know he will hold me. I know he will hold me. Very seldom do you ever stick your key in the ignition before you turn it. You go outside to check and see if the battery's in there. See, don't tell me you don't have faith. Yeah, you do. But what if we start trusting God like we trust the stuff that we trust in every single day? Stuff, say that again. The stuff that fail you. I'm glad that chair held you, girl. Are you glad too? So the faith here, the belief here is a trusting in. In other words, what does that mean? He said, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe, and those who listen to my message and trust it and rely on it. In other words, it doesn't matter what circumstance I find myself in, I'm not moving away from the message that I heard. I'm not moving. 
Because I've come to trust it. I've come to rely in it. I've come to rely on it. The only reason why you keep coming back to these altars, Wednesday after Wednesday, Sunday after Sunday, not because you doubted the prayer on the last week, the reason why you keep coming Because you realize he's a faithful God. And because he's been faithful last Sunday, he's going to be faithful again this Sunday. He's going to be faithful today, tomorrow, and forever. Because you've come to trust in what he's saying. He said, those who come to rely on and believe in God, the God who sent me have eternal life. And they will never be condemned for their sins. They will never be condemned for their sins. That's a hope. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 8 through 24. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, somebody say, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who has been lame and are being asked, how was he healed? Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, It is by the name of Jesus of Nazareth whom you crucified. Can you imagine this guy pointing at them? This man is healed because of the man Jesus of Nazareth whom you crucified. You did it. It was you. (laughs) Whom you crucified. But, somebody say but. God raised him from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone, that chief stone. Salvation is found in no other, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Wow. Then the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They could see that they were ordinary, they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Je- <laughs> Did you hear what they said? First of all, these brothers did not come with some with a piece of paper that says, uh, what I'm bringing to you is a Uh, a, a master's and a PhD in divinity from the University of Jerusalem. And so therefore, my paper and my certification tells me I I have the authority to heal this man. No, they flat out said, these men in our eyes are stupid. Just put it like, they're simple men. But that's what God does. That's what Jesus, Jesus take the simple things and disturb the wise with it. Look around. That's all of us. There's no way I'm supposed to be standing up here. I was an introvert as a child. Couldn't hardly speak. Didn't like being around people. People used to frighten me to death. To some degree, they still do. If only you knew the fear that tries to overtake me every time I stand here. I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. It's only by the grace and the anointing of God that covers you when you submit yourself to the message of Jesus Christ and he allow you to do what you could not do in your own strength. So don't tell me what you can't do when Jesus is calling for you to do it. 
Look what they testified. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. See, you can't come around Jesus and not be affected and people don't sniff you out. Remember the night Jesus was betrayed and they had been arrested? One of the kids, one of the ladies came and said, excuse me, aren't you one of them? You even walk like you. You smell like him. Wow. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. You think? So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men? They ask each, each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it, so we can't hide it. It's out now. They didn't even have the internet. Facebook, Instagram. But it got out. Man, you can't contain God. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, they must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. Good luck with that. So they called the apostles back and, in the, and, and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I love Peter. Peter's, but Peter and John replied, really? Do you think God want us to obey you rather than him? Are you serious? Man, you are outside your mind. After what you just saw Jesus do and you want us to shut up because it makes you look bad? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Wow. We cannot stop. The council then threatened them further. But they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them (laughs) without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God. Yeah, see, I'm a firm believer. When worship break out, the enemy runs. For this miraculous sign, the healing of a man whom had been lame for for more than 40 years. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John (laughs) returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priest and the elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Look at the worship. That was amazing. So what do we know? We know that, first of all, Jesus is the giver of salvation. He's the giver of salvation. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. We're talking about Joseph. He was thinking about putting Mary away quietly because he didn't understand how this girl was pregnant. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus. For he will do what? Save his people from their sins. Save his people from their sins. Jesus has authority over all men 
and their eternal destiny. Jesus alone has authority over all men and their eternal destiny. Let me say this right away. How many of you guys have family members that are not saved? Let me see your hand. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you have family members that are not saved that sort of every now and then give you a hard time about your, your, your walk in Christ, that your excitement? Let me see your hands again. Okay, okay. Let me just give you a little piece. Let me break, as we say in the hood, let me break you off something. Okay? Look at the statement. Jesus has authority over all men and their eternal destiny. You don't need to worry about what they say about you. Because if they die in their sins, not that you will have the last laugh, but Jesus will have the last word. And because you know this, we need to pray. The more they come at you, the more they speak against you, the more you need to pray, Lord, open their eyes so they may see the error of their ways and their destructive path, the destructive path that they're on. Because ultimately, Jesus is the one that de- determines our destiny, our eternal destiny. Now, that, that's, now, there's two perspectives about this eternal destiny. One is a current perspective found in verse 25. Look at that one. This current perspective, it says, And I assure you that the time is come, Indeed, it is here, what? Now, when the dead will hear my voice and the voice of the Son of God and those who listen will what? It wasn't long before then that he spoke to Lazarus and Lazarus did what? Got out of the grave. So Jesus is raising the dead. He has authority. So not only does he give us a current perspective about this eternal destiny, but there is also a future perspective as well. Found in verse 28 and 29. Did you get that? It said, don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God. And they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise and experience judgment. I want you to see this. This gives every every last one of us hope. When we lose loved ones in Jesus Christ, those who have died knowing Jesus Christ, that scripture right there gives us eternal hope that we will see them again. We lost a lot of our brothers and sisters in 2018, a lot of our family. But the one thing we can continue rejoicing because we will see them again if they're in Christ. Those who die in Christ will rise with Christ. Wow. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 through 17 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything, was created, and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He exists before anything else, and he holds all creation together. I want you to pause and see about what you just heard. 
Don't look at me. Look at the screen. We're talking about seeing Jesus correctly. If we truly see him through his word, and that is true as who he is, why do we fret or worry? Do you think the stars ever shake at night and wonder, will I drift off out of my space? Do you think the planets are worried about bumping like balls on a billiard table? Look what it says. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Let all of creation testify to every last one of you tonight that you cannot fall apart. You will not lose it. Why? Because if he holds the vastness of space together, don't you think he will hold you together in the time of your trouble? That's why we need to see him correctly. Because when my world around me is spinning out of control, I can still remain stable because I know he holds the world, the universe, and he holds me together. Knowing and saying it may not even change their circumstance, but it can bring you peace so that you do not become chaotic in chaos. Amen? Wow. Look at John 11, verse 21 and 26. It says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, we're talking about this future perspective. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you would have been here, my brother would have not died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises. So she, she understood that truth. At the last day, futuristic, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Here she was declaring, Jesus was trying to get to see, show her that the resurrection she was really wanting to, to experience with her brother was getting ready to happen now, but she kept pulling it to the future, and Jesus kept saying, no, 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 I know you understand about the future, but you don't understand. I'm trying to bring this thing to you now. I thank you that you really believe what I'm saying about the resurrection. But girl, listen to me. I'm trying to do this thing for you right now. Right now. Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection and life. Anyone who believes in me will what? Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? He has it. Martha, do you really believe this? Martha, do you trust in what I'm saying? Martha, are you ready to rely on what I just told you? Even though you told me he's been dead for four days. She concluded that one day, baby boy was going to get up. One day. Jesus said, no, girl, I got to bring this to you right now. Baby boy is about to get up right now. Not only does Jesus have authority, Jesus saves. Number two, Jesus has the authority to give life because he is the giver of life. 
He gives life because he's the giver of life. Why don't you read it with me? Jesus has authority to give life because he is the giver of life. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, If I walked into your house and looked around the wall and removed your your paint, one of your paintings off your wall and just walked out the house, would you have something to say about that? No, forget I'm the pastor. I mean, just come on now, come on. It's like, well, you're the man of God, and you know, if you want to pay. No, forget that, <laughs> okay? Don't get spiritual on me. You know, just sit up. Uh, Brother Fred, I love you, man. Put the picture back on the wall. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Put the picture back on the wall. <laughs> would you have something to say about that? Yes or no? Why? Anybody? Why would you say something about that? Huh? Whoa, say it again. What right or authority do you have? Now, I invited you over for gumbo, but don't you think you're taking a little too far? The picture doesn't come with the gumbo, buddy. It's not in the contract. So what right or authority do you have to come into my house and remove my picture off of my wall and walk out of my house. Now, let's flip the script. You come to my house for gumbo. And you're sitting down. And you look around and say, man, I love that picture. You do? And I walk over and just take that picture off the wall and just walk out the house with it. You have anything to say about that? Will you say anything about that? Huh? Anyway. Yes or no? No, why? Huh? It's mine. I can, if I, if I want to just grab the picture and just, I can do that. It'll look weird, but I can do that. The reason why Jesus can give life, because he is the authority of life. He is the giver of life. Boy, he had to, hey, let's look at it. In John chapter, let's look at verse 26. Verse 26. The Father has life in himself, and he has granted the same life-giving power to whom? The Son. There it is. He has the, the same life-giving power that the Father has. He now delegates that same power and that same authority, used synonymously, to his Son. You think Jesus understood that? Yes, he did. Wow. Look at John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. It says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. We read that earlier. The Word gave life to everything that was created. The Word. We know the Word here is Jesus. Jesus gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The Word gave life to everything that was created. As I get older, you know what I've learned? I'm starting to do even more and more in the last two or three years. And I say this all the time, and you've heard me say it. Before I roll out of bed and put these big 15s on the floor, that's putting your foot down. Before I roll out of bed, my wife is already gone and she's in our prayer closet. I take these big old long arms and these hands and I just stretch them out across the bed. 
And I look up to my ceiling and said, Father, I love you. Thank you for giving me this life today. Father, speak to me today. I want to have a great time with you today. And I want to include some people in this party with, that we're going to have today. So, Lord, don't let me miss an opportunity. I've been praying that a lot. I'm going to give you a quick, quick story and then we're about to close. Last night, it was pretty cold and we needed to go get some gas in both vehicles. So Manny decided he wanted to go with me. But in going get gas, uh, my wife requested that we stop over at the 31 Flavor Place. I really didn't want to do that because, you know, I had a sharp rebuke from both my wife and my baby boy about my eating habits. So I know it was just a setup trying to get me to go buy ice cream, but I wasn't falling for that. I'm smarter than I, the Holy Spirit revealed to me. You ain't going to get me. So she said, baby, you want ice cream? Oh, no, 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 no. The Lord is with me. Bless it. Bless it. So we drive, go get gas, and we get to Baskin Robbins, and they got two girls in there, one named Betty, and the other, gosh, I couldn't think of her name. It was a B, but we just say Bertha for whatever reason. And my son and I had this incredible conversation about God and whatever. And I walked in there, and I just felt it. Here he comes. I just felt it. It wasn't spiritual, but I just felt like God wanted me to do something. I said, okay, God, give it to me. Give it to me. There was nobody else in Baskin Robin, just me, Manny, and Betty and Bertha. And I said, excuse me, what is your name? She said, Betty. I said, what is your name, Bertha? She said, Bertha. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Tonight in Baskin Robin, I'm being treated by the Betty and Bertha show? You have got to be kidding me. And the longer I talked, the louder I get. They were like, They just had a scoop of ice cream. It was just falling off. They were like, who is this black guy with all this love with that mouth? And Manny was looking at me like, Daddy, please stop. That was the worst thing he could have told me because I'm about to get louder. And so I backed down a little bit, and she's fixing ice cream. And I said, baby girl, listen to me. And the lady turned around, huh? Don't you ever let your haters define you. The only reason why they don't like you is because they can't be you. Jesus made you an original. So be who you are, girl. And she went, okay. <laughs> so I went to her, hey, girl, over there, come here. I need to talk to you. Boy, we had a moment in Baskin-Robbins. And I'm so glad there was nobody there because, man, I could, you know, I just, hey. You should have seen their face after we got the ice cream and walked out. They were I got in the car, in the truck, and I said, Lord, I hope I did well for you. I can imagine Jesus right <laughs> Because all I wanted, for one moment in their life, I may not even see Betty and Bertha ever again, if that's their name. But I wanted them to know about the God of my salvation. I wanted them to know about the God who gives me life and the God I'm so wrapped up and just flipping excited over. My kids can tell you, don't ever go in a public restaurant with me. I will embarrass you. Jesus is the only one that gives life. Everything was created through him. Number three, and finally, the scriptures tell us Jesus' authority will be revealed to all. Look at verse 27. 
And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the son of man. He is the son of man. What is God going to reveal in the end to everyone? That Jesus Christ is the son of man. Watch Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 through 10. He sees this vision. He said, I watched as thrones were put in place and the ancient one sat down to judge. His clothing was like white as snow and his hair like the purest of wool. Man, Jesus had a fro? What? He sat on fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were open. Man, what a vision. But it doesn't stop there. Look at the next one. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, when we talk about this revelation of who Jesus will be to all the world, he said, and my vision continued that night, Daniel said, and I saw someone like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient One and was led into his presence and was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and every nation and every language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. And his kingdom will never be destroyed. That's with both the saved and the unsaved will come to understand when it's all done. He will be revealed as the son of God, the ancient of days. That's the hope that we have. That's how we see him. I see him as the ancient one that will be worshiped. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Stand to your feet. Amen. Our gracious Father, we thank you. Thank you for life, Jesus. And I pray with this new year that we see you even more correctly and see you more clearly. So that in seeing you clearly, we will help others to see you clearly through your scripture. Father, help us to stay excited. Return us back to our first love. And we wanted to stand on every roof and scream to the top, Jesus is Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. May your word have life and give us truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.